hello, hello, and happy new year. Welcome to the first Respectfully podcast of 2021. I'm Nikki Pope, and I am presenting the podcast alone today. My usual companion, Lauren, is very preoccupied with homeschooling a couple of young boys in her family. So good luck with that, Lauren. I think... um, I don't think I'd want to swap places. Mm, Quite a challenge I'm sensing from the pictures on social media of you locked in the bathroom with a bottle of wine most evenings, weeping into a hand towel, I think. So I'm flying solo today and preparing to have a conversation with hairdresser and educator Edward Hemmings. Edward is the creative director and head of education at Alan D Hairdressing. Edward has also joined us as a presenter at various of our events over the years, as recently as the Lab Learn About event in Hammersmith last spring, which was the last time we were able to meet in person. So it'd be really good to have a catch up and discover a bit more about how things are both for his business of Alan D hairdressing but also his view on what's happening with hairdressing and particularly how things are for anybody studying right now. So here we go I'll just grab a cup of tea and let's get chatting. Welcome, welcome Edward Hemmings, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure Nikki, thank you so much for um for inviting me. Um, Obviously, podcasts have become such a massive thing in the lead up to lockdown. And in lockdown, um, I said to one or two other people who started doing this, you know, a couple of years ago, you people are geniuses. You you must have seen what was coming, (laughs) that people are going to have so much time. and so, yeah, it's, I think it's, yeah, it's like once you get into podcasts, then you're just like, how could I not have known how interesting entertaining helpful I mean I've resisted for years and years running but in lockdown have forced myself to go for a few runs and if it wasn't for wireless headphones and podcasts I absolutely never would have done it but it literally sort of takes away the pain that I can have something in my ear whether it's music or whether it's chat or whether it's some kind of support advice or whether it's literally a story I just love it I think sometimes as well listening to a voice when you're doing other things um it, it relaxes, it calms. You're learning without actually realising you're you're learning, and 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 actually, there's some really interesting people in and around our our industry, which I found out during the lockdown and some of the interviews I did. It was fascinating. But just paint a little picture, Edward, of where your what your setup is. So the Alan D hair is training primarily, but you do have a salon service yeah. as well. Tell tell us quickly how you. It's um. We are 90%, I suppose, a training company, if you like. Um, London, we have big premises. um, So we also have a couple of people that rent space um, from us as as hairdressers. And of course, I still have clients as well. So um, usually one one day a week, I've I've got a couple of clients. I still keep my hand in it. I I mean, I love it. I really miss it when I'm not not doing it. in Ipswich, it's different. We have a much smaller premises and, and there it's all education. So we are, to all intents and purposes, an, an education yeah. company. And prior to the last few months, would it have been live education and students physically coming to you for training or were you doing online and digital? Or how, what was the sort of balance? Well, it was um, it was really 100% um, face-to-face. Yeah. We uh, the 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 biggest sort of 
group of students are apprentices. So we train for salons, really London, South East, M25 area, throughout Essex, um, Suffolk and, and, and uh, Norfolk out to the East. And it, it was all face to face. Um, which in our industry is so important in, in any vocational industry, really, when you're doing something uh, like, like, like we're doing, particularly if it's an aesthetic, it face-to-face it, -face yeah. is, is the best way. Um, and it wasn't until March the whatever it was that I spoke to, in fact, it would have been Helen Ward at, at Richard Ward, and I said, you know, this doesn't look great, what's going on? She said, well, we're going to close the sale on Saturday, we've got to. And I phoned um, my academy's principal and I said, um, I don't think we're going to be able to carry on here. So he said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to have an online school. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I don't know yet. <laughs> I, I, don't, I have no idea, but we're going to have an online school. And, 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 and honestly, until that point, I think it was M Monday, March the something, we were 100% face to face. Our business is all UK based. So we didn't, we didn't have lots of foreign students that we would interact with online. It was 100% um, practical work face-to-face -face with people in, in our wow. business. And how, so there's a multitude of questions there. So how quickly did you translate it to being online? Did it take a while? How did, what was the sort of uptake from your students? Can I be really honest with you? It took 35 minutes. <laughs> I, I had a redundant Instagram yeah. account. Um, so let, let's go back slightly. We, we met the team on the Monday morning in the academy and said, right, pack all your belongings, take three um, head blocks, go home. Tomorrow morning, you'll be going live. And the question was asked again, how? I said, I don't know. We're going to work it out. Kevin and I had a chat. I said, look, if we're going to continue training, I want to focus. I can't take weeks off. I just yeah. need to get up in the morning and have a reason. So I said, we're going to do some look and learn lives. And I said, if we're going to do it for our own students, let's do it for every young person, every new hairdresser, everyone in the country worldwide who wants to keep right. learning. Found a redundant Instagram account, Alan D, something we never use, and we then changed it to Alan D yeah. Live. I went home that Monday night and just threw out a load of information. I said, join us on Monday. Don't know how it's going to work. But we're going to do hourly sessions. Kevin then wrote a timetable. And by the Tuesday morning, I think it was, we had our first uh, live right. session. And the students were, I mean, you know, one imagines young people that they were kind of like, you know, ready to, to go. Or did you have to do a bit of persuasion? What was the, the reaction like? It was a mixture of both. There were a few, a few of the students who kind of switched off and we had to chase. Right. There were a few of them who had joined us at every session, every single day, sent messages, photographs of their work. Um, so it, it was a good mixture of both. You know, what did happen by the end, and of course being summer, a, a lot more kids became nocturnal. Yeah. <laughs> and, and luckily by that time, Instagram had changed what they did. Your lives then could go onto Instagram TV, provided they were under 59 minutes, 59 seconds. So we made sure every session was 59, 59 or less. We put it up on into Instagram TV and we started watching the viewings grow overnight. R yeah. Really interesting yeah, what yeah, happened. Yeah, it is interesting. Well, certainly in our household, we, uh, the, the adults were up in the daytime and the uh, anybody under the age of 20 was up between about yeah. four in the afternoon to six in the morning by the looks. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. how has it been for students? I'm very mindful that, you know, we haven't um, necessarily heard a lot 
I don't feel in the media. I think generally the national media has been pretty dire, I have to say, that's my particular soapbox. We haven't heard a lot about students studying unless they were university-based or school-based. How is it for apprentices? How is it for people? Because of course you've been able to deliver the education, which I'm sure a lot of people in a lot of industries have done. But what about the practical aspect? I mean, these are people who wouldn't, who would usually have been then applying or learning equally on the floor? I think it's been tough, um, but what I will tell you, when we got back in um, beginning of August, we set up, uh, sorry, beginning of July, we had 23 students due to sit their endpoint assessment. Mm. We did four weeks continuously, I think there was sort of six or seven at each point, and 22 out of 23 passed. Wow, wow. Including some distinctions and a 100% distinction. We, yes, they missed that face-to-face time, but we, we put a special sort of crack group together, if you like, in that first month, and we, we got them back up to speed. What we discovered was, despite the fact that Ofsted and the, 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 the government rules, they, they, they don't count look and learn as valid learning, and they're right. wrong. They, they call valid learning guided learning hours. Right which is where you're physically teaching something. They got it wrong in vocational industry, yeah. Nikki. Look and learn is the greatest tool that we have as hairdressers, because that's how I learned back in the day. You're watching all the time. So actually, with good look and learn, it didn't hold our guys back. Yes, one or two had to delay their endpoint assessment by a couple of months. And, you know, it, it was more about confidence than, than physically doing it. So yeah, it was tough on them. Yeah, it created other stress and anxiety, um, but we, we got right. them through it. Brilliant, well done. And, and what about coming forward? Because what about people starting who would have come on board in September? Have you been able to take people, have the new intake as you would usually have, or has that also had an effect? No, we're, we're lucky. We're, we're set up, we, we have a new induction group every month. So for us, we had, um, we had to do a double induction group in September, something we haven't done for about 15 years. Um, we had a double in October as well. Um, so the numbers were great. And of course, now we've got another break. We, we're probably looking, I, I would imagine it'll be end of March before we can take a new group yeah. in. Uh, we were due to, we had a quite a big start group ready for January, but that's that's not going to happen. Um, so no, I, I'm pretty positive that the it, it'll remain balanced. Um, I, I think some salons won't take apprentices on as they get back, but others who haven't in the past will say, well, I think now's time to change how our business right. looks. Um, so I think there'll so be a good balance. So we're not going to necessarily have a, a supply um, problem of people coming into qualifications. Well, I don't, I don't see it. Look, if we go back uh, a year, two years, um, so many salon owners were complaining they couldn't get enough yeah. apprentices. Yeah. It was there, there. There was not enough apprentices. Lockdown uh, and what's happened. Listen, who did we miss in that first lockdown of five months? Hairdressers, beauty therapists, and barbers is yeah, what yeah, everyone missed. And I think it made schools realise. It made people realise that actually there's a great career out there where you will always be yeah, in demand. Yeah. And I think there'll be a balancing act. I, I, I really do. I think the salon owner that, that has been desperate to find a great apprentice will start to yep. find them because the salon owner that's employed apprentices as cheaply and poorly paid slaves 
will no longer be the salon that attracts these young yeah, people. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it works out. So, so for us, it's and a balancing And has the support... I've, I've read some um, information about support from the government to encourage companies to retain their apprentices and, to, and indeed to take people on. Has that helped in your view at all or has that not really been a particular incentive? I think it's. A, I think it is an incentive. Um, you know, it's an extra. By the time you, if you put them, if you take a, a, a youngster in and go right the way through the program, keep them on board for three or so years. There's about. I think it's about three and a half, four thousand pound grant. Yeah. I think it's a good incentive, but but actually, to those. I mean, I know our real loyal employers we've worked with for years. Incentive or no incentive, they understand the value of taking a young person, training them and creating loyalty. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, it's great for that, perhaps a new business owner who set up a sound and says, well, OK, I think I'm ready to take on an apprentice. And someone says, well, well I'll tell you what, let's get you a grant. So it's a nice it's a nice incentive for in, in yeah. that respect. Again, for a salon owner, you know, obviously would never mention names, but but I know. You know, when you're in for, for certain salon owners, if the incentive is a month late or they're not signed up, they're on the phone. Where's my incentive? As soon as they've got that first incentive, they get rid of them and want to take a new person. It's not no, going to yeah. it's not going to help. You someone can't like that. fiddle it. It's a great help for those. That's right. It's a great help for those salon owners. Um, I mean, I, I look at it almost as a thank you for all the hard work you've put in previously. Yeah, yeah. Really. So it's recognising that. And, and how are the students? I'm interested in your you've announced that next week. I'm talking to you on a Friday and you're about to launch some new initiatives for next week, which is, I think, some training, but also the common room. Tell me about that. Yeah, we um, we we really enjoyed what we did in the in, in the original lockdown. And then in lockdown two, back in November, we were allowed to have face to face. So we did three days Instagram live and two days in the academy where we got students in this time, of course, no students are allowed into any place of learning, obviously, unless they're kids of key workers, but that's a separate issue. And I felt that there may be one or two of our students out there may feel a little anxious, may feel a little lonely, may feel they need someone to talk to. And whilst Instagram's live, you can see your trainer um, and they're talking at you like we're doing now, there, there isn't any real interaction. and. I just thought about the days when I was back at school. I mean, you have to be as old as me to remember what a common room is. I asked my own kids, do you have a common room at school? They looked at me like I'm start raving mad. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could initially, once a week for an hour, Kevin, who is my academy's principal, Katie, who runs our Ipswich Academy, and myself, sit on Zoom for those who want to join in, who want to come in and say hello. And wouldn't it be great if we had half a dozen, 10, 12, however many people just want to come and yeah. have a chat? Not about hair, not about specifics, yeah. just I'm feeling a bit lonely, I'm feeling a bit anxious, or to be honest, I'm bored of yeah. mum and dad, <laughs> I'm sick and death of my sister, I just want to talk to someone else. And that was really the idea behind it, just to, just to keep her, um, you know, keep a way of communicating yeah, in a slightly and different manner and, and hopefully it'll be very absolutely. successful so is that going to be held at sort of late at night then to accommodate the nocturnal <laughs> well you know the funny thing we we looked at it all along i felt that routine is so important um 
let's go back to end of March when we started the, the, the our first lockdown programme. We, we made a decision. It had to start with um, my team having a Zoom meeting every morning at 9.30. Mm -hmm. We had to have four sessions working till 3.30 or 4 in the afternoon. And then we had to have a second Zoom meeting at 5 o'clock. We kept our day running. And for that reason, the common room will be 11 o'clock right. in the morning. Um, because otherwise we are going to struggle when we get back if we're totally yeah. nocturnal. We're going to struggle with, with, yeah, with light. I know what you mean. You've always been very engaged in things that go on outside of your own hairdressing practice and training practice. Because as you mentioned, your dad, Alan, has been in the industry for 60 years. Um, yeah. so should have celebrated big this year, but postponing the big the big celebrations till next year when we can all get together hopefully but you've always and I guess he did too so you've always had quite a wide view of the industry been involved with things like the fellowship I think you were one of the original fame team members when that started no actually I never made no. the fame team I'll be really oh, honest oh my goodness with you, I would have bet money on that my... no the funny thing is um and I'm the first to admit this my hairdressing skill is limited. I was a trier. I, I, and, and something I, when I was doing my Instagram lives, I was fascinated. The first question I asked every hairdresser that joined me, were you good straight away? Did you struggle? For me, I struggled. I was never the world's greatest hairdresser. I never could be. Um, and I realised pretty early on um, that it was my ability to communicate that was much stronger right. than, than my ability yeah. to communicate with my hands, truthfully. And, um, I, my wife is probably in the background giggling at the moment about my lack of skill. Um, so I've always been in, involved. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I think what we do, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, in a funny way, I've described it to someone, I don't have a social conscience. I don't look out the rest of the world and say, oh, it's awful this. But what I do love is what we can do with a young person who has never been able to engage with older people, and when I say older people, I mean people in their 20s and 30s. You take a 16-year-old straight from school and you create someone who can communicate, empathise, sympathise. Someone for whom an old person has never said, oh, you're fantastic, well done, I feel yeah. better. Wow. And that's what yeah. I find fascinating, in it, however it comes. So whether it's through our own students, through the fellowship, watching people develop, I think that that's where it's come from. I'm, I'm fascinated with the opportunities that our industry can lead yeah. to with the right training and the right background. We tend to think that hairdressers are born, not made. Or do you, what, what's your take on that? Well, I, I have to tell you, I learned so much. And um, I've, I've, obviously this is a podcast, but I'm, I'm gonna show you, I've got this red book that I wrote. When I did my interviews, I've written all the information when I'm talking yeah. to people. And there's about a 50-50 split between those who literally fell into the industry and that was it, their skill within, they just yeah. got it. And there were others like myself who were triers, who just, it, it wasn't yeah. easy, but they had to do it. I, I, I love listening to Alan when he's um, taking course inquiries and he'll always say the same, if you give a monkey scissors and combs, eventually it will cut hair. What the monkey can't do is communicate. Right. And that separates yeah. us. So I think, yeah, you could be a born hairdresser because that's what you always wanted to do. Yeah. I've worked with some unbelievably skilled hairdressers who couldn't gain a clientele. Equally, uh, I've worked with some of the most terrible bloody hairdressers who were packed yeah. solid. 
And you know what? Communication was the difference yeah, between communication, them. Yeah, communication, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And delivering a service, it's sort of, I think, potentially, for me, one of the things that might be interesting to see what we retain from this sort of, you know, this 12-month pandemic experience is how we do or don't maybe even change the standard or the style of service that's delivered because I think for me I came into hairdressing on the media side in the 90s and there was a real explosion from almost then onwards in this idea of a luxury service a premium service it was about the flowers the coffee the chairs you know whether you had cloth gowns or you know paper towels and all this sort of thing and then it's a bit like um, somebody said, and I love this quote, you know, if Picasso was painting your picture, you wouldn't worry about whether he gave you a cup of tea. You, you know, but we, we've almost become perhaps a little too focused on that. But then again, you know, people return for the service, not just for the standard of hairdressing. So it's, a, it's getting that balance, isn't it? I, I think the balance is there. Um, I, I like the word, and I use this in a couple of posts recently. I've taken over a clientele from someone who um, hasn't returned after the initial lockdown. She was waiting on um, an operation, which is successful. Um, she's um, certainly not, you know, she's not young. So, and her clientele, I've got a clientele now who are in their late 60s, 70s and 80s. And the word I used was privileged. I'm privileged that, that in, in some of these incredible people, I was their first point of call. The first time they left their yeah. house was to see me. My goodness, what a privilege. And therefore, it's not about the cup of coffee. It's not about the flowers, the frilly. It's about looking after, cherishing these lovely, lovely people and looking after their yeah. safety. And I think that's the, the, yeah. the bit of it. Yeah, the haircut's important, the colour's important. And, and, but it was more about the comradeship. It was more about, let me make you feel safe yeah. and secure, getting on a train, getting off a train, coming in to yeah. see me. Look, Nikki, you, I, I, I made a joke with someone. Can you imagine one year ago, the second your client got up off the chair, you spray it with bloody yeah. Dettol spray? I mean, can you imagine one year? What, what, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, come, come here, I'm going to cover you in a hazmat yeah. suit and a mask. You, you know, it's, it's kind of nuts. Yeah. So we've got to try harder to communicate. Because, you know, your face yeah. is covered. All you've got is eyes. And, and I, the weird thing was, the, the first few weeks back... I found myself having headaches because what I was trying to do was was exaggerate my feelings with my yeah, eyes yeah. because that was the only thing I could had yeah. that yeah. I could communicate with. Um, so the, the level of service will change, but it's about privilege. It's about these wonderful people making a journey that they may feel nervous yeah, about. Yeah, I think so. Also, these days now, there are so many different ways of showing a client that you value them depending on where that client is coming from so um which brings me on to the social media so you, you commented on it a little bit earlier but let's go back to it you've got like twenty five thousand tiktok followers three three million twenty six thousand two hundred <laughs> and fourteen million uh nikki fourteen million That's, views when did you start the tiktoking i couldn't i couldn't get my head around the numbers uh, one year ago only wow. Wow. Um, I, I tell you what it is. You know, sometimes... You, you've seen the film Forrest Gump. Everyone's seen... I feel a bit like Forrest Gump with TikTok. <laughs> run, um, Forrest, run. Basically, 
Right, I have two, now Now I've got one teen and one preteen, but go back a year, I had two yeah. preteens who were on this musically that turned to TikTok. And I'd heard there's, it's slightly yeah. dark. So basically I started an account and I just used the Alan D thing because it was easier to log it in through Instagram. You didn't have to worry about passwords. And then I corrected one of the girls, I asked them to remove a video once I couldn't believe what an 11 year old posted but okay they learn you know it's a learning <laughs> curve and then I thought well I thought, I thought I'll post a video nothing happened and then I posted a video of a wet set a lovely old lady Joyce Joyce is 97 and it's someone doing a wet set and it hit 400,000 views overnight and then by the following couple of days it had hit 1 million wow but do you know why can you no, Nikki. Even I now, do you don't know why it went. <laughs> I've worked out that it's something to... I, I've got two times of day that I know work mm. when I post. I've got a bit of a clue as to how I... Which music to use that, that yeah. works. But equally, what will happen, I'll, I'll post two very similar videos. One will go massive and one won't. What I've... What I've done is I've, I've had fun with it. I have to tell you, anyone starting to... I've had, I have certainly not set out to become an influencer to gain... I just wanted to have yeah. a bit of fun. Um, and what we, we do, because each video, we don't ever share someone else's. We don't duet with anyone. They're all our own videos. Right. I think the... Um, I think the analytics like it because it's all individual. Right. So, again, we don't use any of the TikTok hashtags. We only use our own creative... Um, hashtags which are now being recommended by other places wow. to use so hashtag team yeah. Alan D is on a list somewhere of hashtags yeah. to add in I mean it's wow. just nuts isn't it's it incre- it's so interesting isn't it and so how did you approach that do you have I, I had a, a, a sort of you know scroll through so it's very it's still very much what you do it's still educational it's technique based isn't it and people clipping and yeah. winding and and just cutting and yeah the greedy bit i've now learned about and all that so, <laughs> so it's great fun do you have a different signature style for each of the social media platforms tiktok is about um eight to twelve seconds now here's just an interesting one for you that i learned it when we um, when we did our thing last year um, TikTok views have, I mean, Instagram views have on average about a three second yeah. capture. TikTok, the average time people are watching our videos is eight seconds. So criticise young people all you like. They're spending yeah. more time watching right. things than, than we are. TikTok is eight to 12 seconds of technique. Right. Um, I rarely post anything of myself because no one wants to see a fat, bald, middle-aged <laughs> bloke with a white beard. Let's be perfectly honest. They, they want to see... Um, they want to see technique. As it happens, I will post a video later because I want to tell people about yeah. Andy Live. So TikTok, eight to ten seconds, twelve seconds, purely yeah. technique. Bang, bang, bang. Great piece of music and some flashing effects. Instagram is more about telling people who right. we are. Yeah. Alan D Hair is our main one. I started right back. We've just hit three thousand followers, which I'm staggered. It's just fantastic. The interaction there is great. So that's about who I am representing Alan D. It's about what's going on in the world, government, other organisations, what we do. Alan D. Ipswich is a local Instagram account for, for uh, locally out in Ipswich because Suffolk is a very, very independent um, county. I love the east of England. It's incredible out there. So we felt it was necessary. 
L&D Live is um, really about our lockdown look and live look and learn seminars. So on L&D Live, you'll find our um, our, our, um, our live lessons, if you like, and that's specifically what that's, that one's for. Facebook is a bit more of a story. Um, the average age of a Facebook user, I believe, is in their 40s now, which is kind of yeah. frightening. But for us, it's a great place for salon owners, for mums and dads of potential students to get to know us a, a little right, bit more. Right. So. Um, and the weirdest one is that actually Facebook, my personal account, is the only private account. I've got this a bit wrong, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm the other way around to most people. That's the one one social media that's completely private that's sort of made up of, of my group of friends it's, it's a really strange one but each one is i've definitely tried to separate each one for, for its right. own use and um and linkedin you're obviously i see you on linkedin quite a lot as well i mean what do you, yeah. what do, you do when when you go back into the, the academy full time you're not do you run all this yourself or do you have other people who help with the social media no wow. it's all me oh my god um, look, I, I'm privileged to have um, the old man does the course inquiry side, and and he's the he laughs around. He's the Colonel yeah. Sanders, you know the the pitch, and which is great. So so he does that. My team deliver the training because they're bloody brilliant yeah. at it. Um, and this is what I do. My my job is to funnel um, interest in what we do into the business, if you like. So what do you think going forward, what shape will your business look like in the next 12, three years, five years? Will you carry forward the digital online element going forward or is are you yearning for the day when everybody will literally come back in and do it all in person? Do you think we'll have a blend? I think, I think we'll have a blend. Um, we've learned so much during the lockdown. We've learned that it works. We've learned we can meet people all over the world that we can help deliver education that matters and that, that, that works um we know our niche and and the, the the best bit is we've found our place in the industry we're not trying to aim high up at the high high fashion we're aiming at those who are starting their career or want to refresh their career so that's great because we're not fighting anyone else either you know we there is no competition we, we are it and and that's a lovely place to be as far as how we do it I think my team want to continue doing our lives, but what we're going to start to do will be to do our lives in front of an audience who are already at our right. school, yeah. which would be yeah. great. So, you know, you, you take a group of 10 to 15 students sitting watching our demo, but let's film it for those who can't yeah. join us. Do you worry for hairdressing in the next year, two years in the UK, or do you think that actually... Well, if, if the post... Lockdown one was anything to show. We're going to be okay. I, I think we started near the beginning. You know, it, who who did people miss? Their hairdressers, beauty therapists, and barbers during during lockdown. So the industry is secure. Again, we're an industry you can't do yeah. online. You can find us online, but you've still got to be face to face. Yeah, I, I'm I'm positive it's going to be tough, yeah. Nikki. Look, I'll be honest with you. People wouldn't know this. I had my um, I had my anxious period the, the, the last week of March. I've never suffered anxiety in my life. I didn't sleep. I was kind of holding it together for the family, for my team. And I had a really tough time for a few days. And, and a close neighbour passed away. It was just really... But actually, after that, I kind of thought, this is crazy. There's no point sitting in doom and gloom and just get out of it. And, and from that point on, I, I 
made decision to remain positive. Yeah, there's going to be casualties. Nikki, if, if businesses were run um, on the outgoings, on the Ferraris, Champagne and Rolexes, it's going to be bloody yeah. tough. If your business was run on the, the belief in serving your clients, looking after your wonderful team, it's going to be bumpy, but you're going to yeah. be there. It's about heritage. When we come out of this, who do people trust? They, they trust they trust heritage. They trust the hairdresser that's been on that high street for 30 years and looked after his yeah. community. They're going to trust the... Um, they're going to trust the supplier that's looked after them during these tough times that said, you know something, don't worry, it's going yeah, to be okay. Yeah. And, and I think that's what's going to happen. So there will be casualties. I, I'm not living in some gilded world where that doesn't, there will be casualties. But I tell you what, we're tough and we're bloody resilient and hair always yeah. grows. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe not in my case, but... Edward, thank you so much. Gosh, there's so many more things that we could talk about, but time is running out for this slot. So I'm going to say thank you very much for now. Do come back on another occasion and let's talk some more because I know there are so many other things that we could share ideas and, and so on. But I've been, it's been so interesting hearing about the training in particular and the situation for apprentices and how it's worked for you with the social media. That's brilliant. Nikki, thank you so much for, for having me on again. And, and, you know, like I said, for me, it's a full circle. One year ago, we were talking about yeah. this event, which then became the last event, uh, live event that yeah. that I hosted. So um, it's kind of, well, it's a nice Well, do come back. So certainly we hope to be having those again in the very near future. So thank you so much to my guest today, Edward Hemmings at Allen D Hairdressing. That was really interesting and very enlightening to discover how things are going for people working particularly in training and for those students who've been so badly affected by the COVID pandemic. If you would like to find out more then please do scroll down on the device where you're listening to this podcast as we have put some notes on the show and various contacts and references that have come up during the conversation. And obviously, please do discover more about our Respectfully podcast conversations with many people in the industry from all areas, whether it's in salon or freelance, uh, education, studying, or people working in association with hairdressers. If you like what you find, then please do subscribe to the Respectfully podcast and don't forget to rate and review us. That's really important as it helps drive us up the charts and to share the podcast with more like-minded hairdressing people. Thank you very much. Until next time, goodbye.